get into the word here in a moment. Just wanted to welcome everybody. My name is Sean. If we haven't met, this is my beautiful wife, Crystal Gale. We are the pastors here at uh, Hope Land Church. And so welcome, welcome. Uh, you guys may be seated. Um, and we're going to jump right into this. Come on, give it up for the worship team one more time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Are you guys ready to get into the Bible now? Let me get off the stage. He's All right. to preach. Come on, give a Let shout out to my wife, everybody. In the building, everybody. All right, we're, we're, we're literally concluding our series today. Um, and uh, so here we go. Um, uh, unmasked, all right? And so uh, we're starting a new series on Sunday. You've got to follow us on social media. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a big surprise. Um, some of our leaders know what it is. But um, at any rate, if you want to open your Bibles, we're going to jump right into the Word here this morning. Um, and have you guys been enjoying this series, Unmasked? Healthy you equals healthy relationships. Um, and everybody enjoying their hope groups this past week? All right, if you haven't uh, uh, attended one, do that. It's, it's easy. It's easy as one, two, three. All right, you just got to go out here. You can look at um, who's leading them. Everybody's pictures are there. You can uh, go on our social page and in our profile on Instagram. The link is there. You can sign up. You don't have to sign up. You can, if, um, you can just show up. Uh, we have a Monday night group here sermon review group we have um a wednesday night group for women prayer and worship jen's leading that and then moses i don't know where moses chavaria is but he's leading the monday night group i'm leading the group on thursday nights here uh talking about uh well, here we go right here so there you go pick a day and and go do that thing amen and so um, we got two on Thursday, actually. We have a, a high school group um, at Mendez High School during their lunch hour that, um, that Irene leads there right on campus. So if you're open on Thursdays, go support. Um, and we're, we're a part of that high school in a lot of ways. And new doors are opening for us as a community to get all up in there with Jesus. Somebody say amen. Uh, so we're getting up in there. So and with Sunday mornings, um, we got uh, um, uh, John leading a men's Bible study and then Jen leading a women's Bible study at 9. Uh, Monday night, we also have a sermon review group in Southgate at the TCMI campus with Cheryl, one of our in interns from TCMI. So anyway, then we got Saturday. Our, the ladies had a great time Saturday uh, morning with Glor Gloria and Gabby. And so anyway, look at your neighbor and say, get, your, get, you, get yourself a hope group. All right, get up in there and get connected. All right, you got to learn to take the mask off. All right, look at your neighbor one more time. Tell him, tell him you got to take the mask off. All right, here we go. We're going to jump into this. And so um, Psalm 25, verse 10, uh, turn your Bibles to Psalm 25, verse 10. We're, we're concluding here. And today I just want to talk about um, the, really the, the heart behind taking our mask off. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So in confessing to one another things we're going through, situations in life, it is for healing. And I want to share today, the heartbeat of today is that God is so faithful to us and that your healing will turn into somebody else's healing. God wants to heal you because he loves you, but God wants to heal you because there's people attached to you that are not healed and they won't get healed until you get healed. Come on now. Who in your life is that you, you're a mentor to somebody. You're an example. To somebody. There are people watching you. You don't even know. 
watching you, but they're watching you because they're seeing and looking. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, here we go. Psalm 25 verse 10. We're going to start there and, and let me just pray. Father, we thank you for your word and I just pray over these next few moments that you will transform us, change us, and work your will in us as a result of getting into this word the Holy Bible, we honor it for what it is. It is God-breathed, given by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it is eternal and forever settled in the heavens. And so, Lord, we thank you. We're leaning on an eternal resource, the divine spoken word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said? All right, here we go. One more time, look at your neighbor and say, take the mask off. Psalm 25, verse 10, here it goes. I'm going to encourage you here today um, as we close out this series. All the paths of the Lord. Somebody say all. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his mercies. I just want to encourage you as we conclude this series today that, that everything God does, mercy and truth are in it. And the reason why we want to take our mask off in the presence of God, before God and before others are because in Christ and with God in the picture, you will not find shame uh, or you will not be shamed by God when you confess your sins. You will not be shamed by God when you open up about what you're really dealing with. And in, in a proper, healthy Christian community, when you take your mask off to other people, you will not be shamed when you take your mask off. Because the Bible says, as we just read, that all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. When you take your mask off up in this community, you're going to find mercy and truth from each other. All right, why do we take our mask off? Because there's mercy and truth. It's a lie from the devil to try to hide everything in our life. Um, God's like, no, take the mask off. I understand we've talked about, you can go back, listen to the podcast, and, and look at the context of taking your mask off. There's certain people you don't want to really talk things to. And number one, if they aren't praying, don't tell them nothing. Just tell them, pray for me. And Well, they're not praying, so why would you say that anyway? I don't know why I said that. But, but you don't need to tell them nothing. But if you know somebody that prays, seeks God, they're not going to judge you or condemn you. But here in this community, there's mercy and truth. This is the way of God, is mercy and truth. Now I want to break down in the Hebrew what these words mean, mercy and truth. Because I want to encourage you that it is, it is a little frightening at times to really be honest. Can I get a witness? It is a little frightening. It is a little scary sometimes to be honest, to, to open up. I understand it's human nature. It's just maybe we've been hurt before. Maybe even if you haven't, it's just human nature. It's like, wow, do I really tell them what's really going on? I mean, anybody, can anybody relate to me? I mean, I don't know anybody that's just, um, you know, just entirely open and it's just easy for them to tell them. I mean, how many of you know even just saying sorry sometimes is difficult? I mean, it could be a small thing, but you're like, and you're thinking, man, I need to apologize for that. I'm not trying to do it right now, but I will tomorrow. <laughs> Anybody relate to me? Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I just can't wait to apologize about how many times I jacked up today. I'm really looking forward to this. I'm sure there's freedom on the other, si other side. How many of you, can anybody relate to me? It's not, it ain't easy. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. All right. So mercy, but, but, but here in God, mercy and truth is on every path of God. 
You will never be walking with God one moment and he shows you mercy and gives you some truth to work out. And then the next moment he's going he's gonna to give you condemnation and, um, and shame. God does not work that way. Every path of God, every season in your life with God, every, every situation in your life with God, there will always be mercy and truth. The Bible says that um, others, I mean, all throughout scripture, if you just do a word search, mercy and truth, there's a lot in scripture about these two working together and so I just want to encourage you this year to be open and transparent about what you're dealing with with somebody because in the kingdom of God that's where you find mercy and truth the Bible says goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life all right mercy this is the word mercy in the in the Hebrew it's a word chesed everybody say chesed it's in the Hebrew and it's not simply it's not simply an act of kindness Actually, it's very difficult, almost impossible to take some Hebrew language and actually come up with an English word for it because it just doesn't do it justice. Many Hebrew words, you have to actually define them because uh, in the English language, it really can't do it. You know, like the word love. We have one word for love. I mean, we love our baseball team, our basketball team. We love our spouse. We love the food in front of us. We love, I mean, we love everything. But in Hebrew, there, that you, you don't just use that one word for everything. Multiple words in the Hebrew for love, okay? So I just want to define this word mercy. And when it says, when you take the mask off, I'm going to tell you what mercy is. You look up the word mercy in, in the Hebrew text, Old Testament. It is everywhere. Mercy's everywhere. Here we go. It's not simply act of kindness. It, convey, it conveys the idea of the steadfastness and persistence of God's sure love for his covenant people. Put that in your theological pipe and smoke it. Here it is. It's love and loyalty. The Bible says his mercy endures forever. Love and mercy just isn't that God was good to you. Mercy is that God will always be good to you. <laughs> all right I want to give you this as like a bedrock to fall back on when you're dealing with something and, and a fear comes over you to not really communicate with somebody not really open up to somebody I'm here to tell you right now all the ways of God are mercy and truth mercy is love and loyalty it's an unwavering love that will not let you go God will not let you go has anybody ever felt like man would you just leave me alone I mean, I remember when I first came to church, I mean, it, he kept bugging me for a year to, to serve him and walk with him. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to do that right now. I'm trying to do my own thing. But he will not let, he will bug you. Some of you grew up in church, pastors, kids, and you tried to get out of this. And look at you, you're serving on the serve team at Hopeland Church. I mean, you tried, you tried. You went and listened to your little music, went to your little concerts that you didn't tell your parents you did because they said if you went, you wouldn't make the rapture. Come on, somebody, say amen. Some of y'all got religious, delivered from some religious demons, but, but look at yours in church serving God. Come on now. Anybody grow up in church and you're still here? Wow, that's a lot of people. Somebody say his mercy endures forever. It's an unwavering love that won't let you go. My wife was like, I will never marry a pastor. That was her vow to God. God didn't answer that prayer. 
God did the opposite. Come on, somebody. His mercy won't let her go. Right? I am not going to marry a pastor. Okay, we'll see about that. Anybody ever say things to God? And you look back going, oh, man, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't be knowing back then. I, I wasn't knowing. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right? Come on now. All right? It, it's, it's an unwavering love that will not let you go. Your waywardness, here it is. I hope you're taking notes. Your waywardness and inconsistent behavior can't destroy this mercy. Even your waywardness. And inconsistent behavior. I know none of you have ever dealt with any of those things. But it's just preaching to myself this morning. Will not destroy this mercy. It, his commitment isn't even to you. It's to, he made a covenant with himself. And his commitment is with him. And when you're in Christ, you get the promise. Oh, come on now. It is, here it is. I'm almost done defining this word. It is undeserved. Unmerited. All right unconditional it is the one and only thing that keeps us in the palm of his hand i'm here to tell you it's his mercy it's his love and loyalty to us here it is once again one last point one last definition of this word chesed in the hebrew for god to maintain his covenant with his people it is required that he exercises chesed toward us to an unexampled degree because we in and of ourselves, are un incapable of keeping our part of the agreement. Chesed is God's commitment to humanity, knowing humanity can't keep up with the promise. That is mercy. If we all kept every part of the promise, we would be worshiping you this morning. That is not the case. Come on now. Chesed. All the ways of God are chesed and truth. Here it is, my first point. Through it all, God's faithfulness to you has not changed. Why wouldn't we want to take the mask off? It's a lie from the devil to hide in our sin and to hide in our shame. And God says, no, I know it's not hard. I know it's not easy to take the mask off, to be transparent, to be open. But, uh, but, it, but when we understand the nature of God, God and his heart toward us and all humanity. Why wouldn't we confess our sins and open up our heart and situations in life to him? In Christ, there is no shame in taking your mask off. You will only be met with mercy and truth. Here's the word truth. It's not what you think it is. It's a word in the Hebrew, emet. Everybody say emet. Everybody say chesed and emet. Here we go. We're going to learn some Hebrew. Baruch, Atah, Adonai, Elohinu. It feels good saying that. Hallelujah. It's an action word. This word truth is an action word. It means to support or make firm. It expresses the strong arms of a parent holding an infant. So this isn't a truth that comes at you. It is a truth that is stable and does not change. Um, it is a truth um, that stands, here it is, that stands with you in active relationship carrying the burden. Truth is a person enabling you to live this Christian life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All the ways of God are just said, loyalty and truth, giving you the ability to actually walk this thing out. You do not walk this thing out because of your Bible knowledge. You do not walk this thing out because you're at church every, every weekend. 
Most of you aren't here every weekend anyway, so praise the Lord. I said it with a smile. I said it with a smile. I love y'all. Hear me out. But what is keeping you is chesed and emet. Emet is, is God picking you up as if you were an infant, helping you walk this thing out. Hallelujah. A spattering of applause for the goodness of God in your life. Truth stands with you, an active relationship, carrying the burden, so to enable you to walk in his ways. I'm here to tell you right now all the paths of God are mercy and truth before you. Here's a couple more scriptures on it. Proverbs 16, verse 6. They'll be on the screen. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. Or the King James says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged or taken out. Iniquity is sin that we are born in. Bible says we were shaped in iniquity. Iniquity is something that we deal with by nature because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. Thanks, Adam and Eve. Appreciate it. But here it is. In mercy and truth, iniquity is purged or atonement is provided for iniquity. Iniquity, another way to put it in modern vernacular, are the issues within our life that we deal with, that we... Uh, are, are pressing through and fighting through in our walk with God. It's iniquity. It's a propensity. It's a, here's another big word. It's a proclivity. It's, it's you just kind of lean in a certain direction. And sometimes you don't even know why we are shaped in iniquity. But through mercy and truth, atonement is made for iniquity or iniquity is purged. The only way for us to be delivered of the things we can't stop doing is God's faithfulness and loyalty to us and his ability enabling us to walk through it in victory. It's nothing to do with you. Yes, we do things. Yes, there are disciplines. Yes, there's effort. But I'm here to tell you right now that, that it is God's mercy and truth that purges you. It is not your effort or religious exercises. Thank you, Jesus, that, that my salvation isn't dependent on my effort. Actually, if you really want to look at it, um, in the book of Psalm, chapter 91, it says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Salvation ain't even yours. It is God's, and you, we are stewards of the mystery of God. I don't own this thing. So how I have no control over what I do not own, but I could steward it and maximize it and walk in freedom as a result of what he's given to me. But this thing is his to begin with. How can I lose what ain't even mine to begin with? All right, I serve a big God and a little devil. Come on, somebody. I don't serve a little devil. I serve a big God and there's a little devil. Come on now. Psalm 86, verse 15. Here we go. But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, abundant, and mercy and truth. Once again, you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in mercy and truth you can walk in freedom this year like never before and it's going to be because of your revelation and knowledge of who he is and in knowing that i am not ashamed to take my mask off too many people even in ministry and leadership in this world that are hiding behind a mask and they have nobody they can talk to i've seen it happen time and time again that they're just going about ministry and they just don't have somewhere where they can actually talk to somebody. Everybody needs it. Nobody's exempt from it. It's the way God designed it. And I just want to encourage you 
to walk in a higher level of freedom this year and understand that when you take the mask off to the right people, people that got the spirit of God, you're going to find mercy and truth. Come on now. Come on now. I always revert back to that John P. Key song he has. You know, the thing that you want to hide is the thing that he wants to use. If you would testify, that thing he will renew. And then in the, in the, in the, in the hook there, he goes, what you hiding for? What you hiding for? Look at your neighbor and say, what you hiding for? Look it up. YouTube it. It's one of my favorite jams right now, okay? It's like 90s R&B slash gospel. You know what I'm saying? That's where I live. That's where I'm at. That's my zone. Somebody said, all right. <laughs> what you hiding for? Come on now. Anybody ever been there? I mean, look, here we go. I'm going to show you some things, and then I'm going to talk about really just mission here in a minute and just why God wants us as individuals to take the mask off because there's more to it than you realize. Not only your own, own freedom. There are, there are freedoms for others behind your mask. There are freedoms for others behind your mask, and they will be held until you tell, take the mask off. I mean, me just growing up how I grew up in the abuse, the sexual abuse, all kind of craziness. I mean, court cases and police over that. I mean, there was a lot of shame. I remember as a child, I've shared this a million times with this church. But like as a kid, just naturally, like having the police over the house all the time was, for a little kid, it wasn't something I was proud of. I was shamed of it. And like, you know, I'm in, I grew up in the suburbs of San Jose. So it was like, we were kind of, most of the time, we we're the only house with the police over, but we were like exceptional police visits. Like sometimes the same cop, same night. Anybody been there? And so, I mean, every day for like weeks. And so, you know, it wasn't, I was like, oh man, like avoiding the neighborhood kids. Just, I just, uh, so shame. Over time, well, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, man, once I got saved and experienced God's mercy and his truth and community, man, I, I, I just got freedom to just, you know, at least communicate my freedom in Christ and talk about those things. And, and there's such freedom in it, all right? And sometimes, you know, uh, maybe uh, just maybe because of my past, maybe I'm a little overboard. I'm a little, I'm just like, bah, there it is. What, you don't like it? That's fine. Um, sometimes my wife is like, you don't need to say all that. <laughs> any, uh, any other talkers out there? I got any? Not? Come on, y'all. Don't Talkers, come on. You're a talker. You should be like, me, me, I'm a talker. Okay, wow, I got four in here. Jeez, we are outnumbered. We are outnumbered. See, some people are trying to play low-key and all that. Come on now. Anyways, <laughs> all the non-talkers are like, we need to pray for them. It's just, it's not necessary. Anybody out there, you feel like all that talking is just not necessary. Just raise your hand. It's just. <laughs> the talker said it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here, here it is. But, but you, O oh Lord, I'm here to tell you, are, are a God full of compassion. When, since when did we believe? Why did we believe the lie of the devil that confession was like this scary thing and it's like this and God is here to judge us he already knows everything he hasn't he hasn't killed you yet all right 
It's a lie from the devil. Take the mask off. All right. Here we go. Here, this is, I just want to shift here. I'm just going to share some of the heart of our church and the mission and vision of our church in light of you taking your mask off, okay? But I just want to share this thing in history here. I'm going to read it, but I'm going to just um, share about how, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of yacht clubs, and I want to share how, uh, how a yacht club began. And you're probably thinking, why is, what's that to do with our message? I'm going to, I'll read this and you'll know why. The yacht was an invention of the 14th, century Dutch. The Dutch used small, fast boats for chasing smugglers, pirates, and criminals and rescuing merchant ships from the tumultuous seas. This was on the uh, western seaboard of Europe, I believe. Rich ship owners and merchants began using these small boats to sail out to celebrate those that survived or were rescued. These were yachts. Okay? Um, it quickly became chic to use these yachts to take friends out just for pleasure. So they lost sight of their mission and became an affluent social club as opposed to living for those drowning in cold water. And so I want us to be a church that we live to rescue people from cold water. Come on now. And yes, in taking the mask off, it's about your healing and your process. But let me even just speak to the leaders in here that church is never just about us. It's about those that aren't here yet. We, want, we are a church that's all about the one that's not here. And yes, I, I, my prayer is that everybody gets fed and develops and grows and, and you get some meat up in here. But if you get a good plate of food and you got some meat I'm here to tell you right now we aren't going to resort to a fancy social club and just celebrate one another all day and yet we disregard that there's a generation drowning in cold water come on now we are a church that's all about rescuing rescuing people from the cold water what is Hopeland Church all about cold water Me removing my mask and getting free is always going to be about somebody else. It's connected to somebody that doesn't know Christ yet. All right? That is the, the, the why is your healing. But I'm here to tell you, God, never, God is a good steward of his resources. And if he heals you, he wants a return on the healing he gives you. He wants a harvest. God does nothing without a harvest in mind. The kingdom operates by a seed. If that seed gets planted in you and you begin to bear fruit, who you think that fruit is for? It's for somebody else that ain't got no fruit. Your healing is never about you. It never stops with you. It's always about somebody else. He is the vine. You know, vines just find their way around fences and over things. It breaks through wood. Vines have a way of just growing and extending and, 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 and finding its way and creating a culture around a, a vacant fence. You put a seed of vine. We, he, we, he is the vine. We are the branches. He wants to move and expand his kingdom in, in, in every place that, that he touches you. When he touches you, he He's hoping you'll touch 10 more. All right, here we go. Isaiah 61. This says it all right here. I'm going to just read this, and we're going to be done in six minutes, I promise. Isaiah 61, verse 1. That was my first lie. The Spirit 
of the Lord God is upon me. It's talking about Jesus because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal. Somebody say heal. All right, heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are, who are bound. The gospel, this church, this preacher, this community are after one thing, that the soul of a man or woman would be impacted and internally changed by the presence of God. What is Hopeland Church all about? Number one, that you would encounter God. That's it, that people would encounter God. No, it's you. So whoever you're talking to, say you. What's your church all about so that you can encounter God? Well, I don't go there. Well, still, we're, we're believing that you will. So we're, we're, it's that you would encounter God. That is what it is, that you would encounter God, that people would encounter God. That is why God wants to take the mask off of you. If you've encountered God, I'm here to ask you right now, who, as a result of your encounter, have encountered God? Who has benefited from your obedience? Who has benefited from your fasting and praying? Who has benefited from your worship and your praise? Who? 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 Give me a name. Come on, who is it? Who in your life, who in your life has looked at you that you have got so much God that others have God as a result of you? Yeah. Encounter God. Here we go. Verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. That's, here's the second thing, walk in freedom. That's what our... That's what our, our our community and I as a Christian live for this, that people would encounter God and that they would walk in freedom. It's one thing to encounter God. It's another thing to walk it out. It's one thing to be given talents. It's another thing to multiply them. It's one thing to be given a church. Somebody say amen. It's another thing to change a community with the church given to us. I, I, I love the celebration of the launch, but that's just day one, son. We're about to do some things. That's just, that's great. You know, people came. Hey, man, proud of you. It'd be nice if you would give to her. No. But no, it was awesome. But that's, that's, that's day one. That's ground zero. We're just getting started. Look at, look at this. This is talking about Jesus. And look, watch the progress of Jesus, our Savior, the head of the church's mission, to preach and then to start comforting. So that they can walk in freedom. This is what the word console means. Okay? In verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. Somebody say walk in freedom. Look at, look at, the, look at your neighbor and say encounter God. All right, look at him again and say walk in freedom. All right, look at your neighbor and say walk it out. Now walk it out. Now walk it out. Now walk it out. Console means this. It means to put, place, or set, change, charge, appoint. Console doesn't mean to empathize in this context. It means to position. So, so walking in freedom, it takes you getting in position. Your position in Christ, your position in your call. If you're going to walk in freedom, it is a walk of freedom. We walk in the spirit. We live in the spirit. This is what we're getting at here is that you got to go to the next level. You got to go to the next level. All right. That's why people that don't want to grow, they just go to a bunch of environments that they can, quote unquote, encounter. But they don't get planted and they don't walk it out and they get weird in the Christian culture of church culture because they just chase an experience, but don't walk nothing out. I know I'm preaching good. 
I'm all about the encounter. But what do you got for somebody else? Or are you just chasing experiences? Where in the Bible does it say that you're supposed to chase an experience? Get your encounter from God, but get on with doing something for God. Every encounter in Scripture was met with an assignment. Show me one patriarch in Scripture that had an encounter with God, and then another encounter, and then another encounter, and then another. Never did nothing. Hallelujah. Mm, Joy is a choice. Come on, somebody. The gospel is designed to position or rather reposition you from whatever it was to what God is calling you to do. Hallelujah. Look at at the word, man. Joshua, encounter, assignment. Moses, encounter, assignment. Abram, encounter, assignment. Gideon, encounter, assignment. Twelve disciples, encounter, assignment. The book of Acts. It's not the book of encounters. There were encounters, but it's more than that. Hallelujah. I'm preaching good. I'm preaching my, everybody listens to this podcast. You ain't in here, but it's tight, but it's right. Get on with it. Do something. Climb a mountain. Conquer something. Start a business. Start a ministry. Do something. Love somebody. Go. You know, I was talking to one of the young adults, man, you guys as a community really got like super fast involved in Mendes High School. Yeah, do something. What'd you do? We do with men friends. Hi, hi, how's everybody doing? We're across the street. We love you guys. Can we come hang out with you? Church is sitting around too much waiting for the will of God. Go do something. I don't know if it's the will of God or not. The Bible says go. Well, what if it's not God? Go and you'll find out. Come on now. Do something. Hallelujah. Get your encounter. Get your worship experience, but do something with it, please. You're a steward of it. If you've had so many encounters, maybe a little too many, maybe you need to go grind out, get out there and start ministering to somebody on the street. See how much of an encounter it was. I'm preaching good. Somebody say, walk, walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. All right? Walk, work it out, walk it out. Encounter, somebody say, encounter God. Say, walk in freedom. Here we go, verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. This is, the, this is the gospel. This is the church right here. Prophetic picture of Christ, head of the church. He, he spoke this in Luke, right? Luke chapter, uh, what, 4, verse 18? Open the book of Isaiah, and Jesus read this. He said, this is me. And then the religious people got mad at him. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Here's the third point of our vision as a church is to fulfill God's purpose. So we're going to encounter God. We're going to create environments to encounter God. And people are going to encounter God. But our our heart is that they will start walking in freedom so they can fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose begins to be fulfilled when the spirit of who you are is changed. All right? That's what it's talking about. That the beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We can't fulfill anything until we're changed in the true spirit of who we are. Not just that we attend church, but your spirit is different. You are a new creation in Christ. You are a new man in Christ. You are a woman of God in Christ. You are a king and a priest. The spiritual climate of your soul is different. That, that, that is where f- fulfilled purpose is, is when our nature, the spirit of who we are, is changed. Not just, not just what we do, but who we are, the spirit of who you are. As a pastor, I'm after the spirit of the thing inside of you. I'm after the, the, the profound depth of Christ, the spirit of who you are. That's why if you have a spirit church, a spirit-led church, a Holy Spirit-driven church, a, a, a spirit and word church that multiple uh, backgrounds and ethnicities will gravitate towards a spiritual environment because it is not a cultural environment. Hallelujah. When the spirit of you changes, you can't fulfill purpose if you're not planted. So it says that they would be called. Think about this, that when all this happens, encounter God, and they, and they uh, walk in freedom, then it starts talking about what they will be called. And it speaks of identity, change. That the vagabonds become planted. Broken people become soldiers. Dishonorable people become honorable. People that were uh, addicted become stable. They be called, planted. Planted. Of the Lord, and we have to be a church that isn't all about having a nice, cute church community where nobody has any issues. That I don't want to go there, I want to go where the sketchy people are. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Oh, we're, I'm trying to tell people to take the mask off for real, though. Next month, I'm gonna preach a message called Keep the Mask On. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've had too much this month, folks. Keep. No, I'm just playing. I was a joke. But we got to be a community. If we're telling people to take the mask off, we got to be willing to, to walk through that and not look all like shocked when people tell you what's really going on. <gasps> oh, my God. What have you done? You have dishonored the family. I banish you from this community. I'm just here to tell you right now, we got to be a community that knows how to walk with people that are mourning. It says, and then it says, to console those, to position those who mourn in Zion, in the kingdom. They ain't, they're in it, and they're jacked up. Our scriptural language, they need to be consoled. <laughs> they're in Zion, and they're mourning, and they need to help to be positioned in their calling. Hallelujah. The Bible says a house is full of people of honor and dishonor. Wood, hay, gold. All kind of vessels in the house of God. And we got to be people that know how to navigate amongst those vessels with love and what we call truth and mercy. Come on now. All right. I want to see people grow. But as you're growing, I, in my heart, I want somebody, people up in our community that are still working out, maybe not quite encounter God. You know what I'm saying? There's, and, and then those that have been here are growing the scarier thing for me are people that are in the house and in the kingdom for years and they're not growing. Why? Because the environment in you 
produces more results than the environment on the outside of you. You could be in a good church, but if your environment ain't clean, you're not going to grow. That's not my notes. That was for free. I'll take an... I have an offering bucket up here for an offering in a minute. How many of you know what I'm talking about? People could be in a great family, but if their insides are bad, the family can't get in. People could be in a great church where people are growing. And if they're not growing, it isn't the environment they're in. It's the environment that's in them. Oh, Jesus, I'm about to hide behind this pulpit. It's a, and th- this, is, this, is where, this is where, take the mask off. Bible talks about the, the seed is in the, 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 the soil is the heart. It's an internal environment that you, as a person walking with Jesus, are required to steward, take care of, water, take the rocks out, expose the thorns and thistles. We all got this. This is, nobody is not going to have to do this if they want to grow. And then the exterior environment is what's going to help propel your growth. I've seen people grow here in so many, in, in, in just amazing ways. I would say Chris right here, of Venetia's has grown in his walk with God in such a powerful way since being a part of this community. And I'm not saying, oh, man, he was tore up when he came. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that. But I'm here to say right now because I had the privilege of marrying them. I got to marry them. And, uh, and just seeing his pursuit of God and what God's done in his life and his heart. And he's been around church, but I personally, as a pastor, have seen such growth and depth being stirred in this man over the years being here. It's a prime example of somebody that in an environment, and what I'm saying to this is a compliment to him. It's the environment in his heart that has caused his growth, I believe, more than the environment he's in. Although we will take a little bit of credit for his growth. Come on, somebody say amen. No, but really, you guys hear what I'm saying? Growth. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Purpose is all about giving God glory. And he is only glorified when we are planted. Because it says, they would be the planted Lord that the Lord may be glorified. The planted. God gets glory through planted vessels, not vagabonds. Okay, here we go. Last one. Verse 4. Uh, worship team can come up because I know I'm taking a little long, so I'll just invite you up right now. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. Somebody say action. Look at your neighbor say do something. After all that beautiful restoration of the inner soul, he's like, now rebuild. Rebuild something. Find something broken and fix it. Find a building. Fix it. Find, find a life. Help fix it. They will, they, they, and they, they, who? Ones that encounter God, ones that walk in freedom, ones that discover God's purpose, fulfilling God's purpose. What do they do? They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. Somebody say, do something. They shall repair the ruined city. Somebody say, do something. The desolations of many generations, some of the things we're inheriting are because prior generations didn't take care of it. We, we did, we, we're dealing with stuff that ain't even our fault, but God holds us accountable to the generation we're in, regardless of what we inherited from. Some things you got to build, it's because mama and dada didn't do it. And God's like, it's your responsibility now. Come on now. 
Because your grandparents, they, they've done some great things. There's some things the generation before didn't do. That's why you're here. Fix it. Desolation of many generations. I, I'm raising my kids different than I was raised. Right? I'm, I'm doing this thing different. I appreciate where I come from. I appreciate my biological father, everything he did for me and through me. But I'm here to do things different. I'm building something different. All right, strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Serving others. It says you be called servants of the Lord. People that encounter God, that walk, begin to walk out some things and discover and fulfill God's purpose, they are the servants of the Lord. God assigns them to something. They are, you, God's freedom in your life is so you can serve somebody. It's not something that the first shall be last, last shall be first. The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom shall serve. Promotion is just a new level of servanthood in the kingdom. In the kingdom. That's how God works. God's like, oh man, you've been through a lot. Oh man, you've weathered some stuff. Oh man, you've walked through some things. Oh, you got some deliverance. Oh, you dealt with that iniquity. You dealt with that stuff in your past. Praise the Lord. God is anointing you and blessing you and knighting you to go serve. Welcome to your promotion. Go help somebody. All right. Yeah, Jesus. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. There's provision there. In their glory you shall boast. Here it is, verse 7. Instead of your shame. Somebody say, take the mask off. This is the purpose of taking the mask off. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Man, no more shame. No more mask, double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Man, serving others is where God's purpose will always lead you. If it doesn't serve others, I'm here to tell you it's not God's purpose. It's not, it's not something else. It's you, it's your purpose. Serving is God's method to change our city. We are here to serve. We're here to serve Boyle Heights. We're here to serve Mendez High School. We're here to serve Utah Street Elementary. We're here to serve the other churches. Serving is God's method to break down walls. Well, they just don't really like me. Well, you need to serve them then. Well, I just don't really fit in with those people. Serve them. Well, you know how those people are. Serve them. All that God does in you is so he can get it through you to someone else. All right. Taking the mask off is all about possessing your soul so you then can possess your land. Hallelujah. 